Shout, episode 85, we're back. The boys are back in town. <sighs> this is the day where we blow your socks off with our triumphant return. Skippy, we've traveled long, we've traveled far, and on our travels, I think we played some video games. Well, not only, uh, yes, we have traveled long and far, both of us have had travels in our last couple weeks. Uh, Tribulations, trials as well. Yes, uh, uh, in the time that we've been gone, I had a race weekend at Barber Motorsports Park. Uh, It was fun. I don't have much more to say about races. Uh, and then I also moved into a new condo. Oh, really? As you can see, a condo. Huh? These digs are different. Are they? What do you think? Are they worse digs? Are they better digs? Oh, uh, much better digs. I, much better digs. I am now a homeowner, and it's like three times the size of my of my last apartment. Okay. And it's it's good. It's very good. It's been long and hard getting it ready. I've had to get the floors done and the bathrooms done, and there's still stuff not done. It's been a pain in the ass. So you own this place. But I own this place. Okay. All right. I'm a homeowner. Amazing. It's interesting. A condo owner. Yes. But I guess it's still it's not still renting. A home. It's still yeah. a home. Yeah. Uh, I also, speaking of life changes, got a 1070 GTX oh, 1070. Yeah. That's bigger. News. It is a big. <laughs> yeah, that's a much bigger <laughs> deal than a new home. Uh, no, it, it's it's good. It's good. It runs games fast. Um, what did you have before? 670. Okay, all right. So that's pretty, pretty big, big leap. Pretty big leap. Although the 670, it served me well. I mean, it. I didn't have trouble running any any games with that thing. Um, but uh, yeah, 1070 is good. I, I tried out a few games on it. I tried out the Battlefield 1 beta just to see how it would run. It ran well. Uh, there's some weird shit about that beta, like the resolution scale. Uh, which is a thing I've seen a lot more of in games, which is apparently some kind of semi-anti-aliasing thing. Like, you can make it above 100%, and it'll kind of smooth out edges and stuff somehow. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I I set that up to 100, thinking, okay, 100%, that's what I want. Turns out 100 is, like, way over 100%, and 42 is the setting you want for your actual resolution of your monitor. And if you set it to 100, it makes the game run slow. But the game still ran all right, even though I had it set at 100. So apparently it's a good card. Okay. Uh, pretty happy with it. Dusted yeah. out my computer while I installed it. Everything went smoothly. No problems. Pretty pretty excited. Uh, I'm still running a uh, 780 Ti. And so far, I haven't run up to that point where I'm thinking I need to upgrade. But yeah, I figure maybe in like a couple of years... Yeah, I mean a few things a few things have made me kind of say like all right, it's just it's time. Uh it's just like every game that comes out I spend so much time trying to figure out which settings do I need to lower and then I get the inconsistent frame rates and stuff and mm. I was like I'm spending all this money on a house, why don't I just a home, a condo? I might as well just just blow the rest on the uh graphics card. Uh no, it's it's good. I think it'll last me a while. So, I'm excited. Um Sounds like a sound decision to me. And the game that really kind of made me go, okay, I really need to upgrade, was actually probably Deus Ex Mankind Divided, uh, which is not a super well-optimized game. (laughs) It didn't run super well on my graphics card, uh, and it didn't look very good. And so I was like, eh, you know, maybe it's time. Uh, And that game is all right. I like that game. It is like Deus Ex Human Revolution. uh, Okay, that's the one I played. Um, Yes. 
I started Deus Ex 1, um, but didn't get very far. Yeah, Deus Ex or Human Revolution is the only one that I've like actually played, and I don't think I finished it, but I got pretty far. That's okay. How's it compare? Uh, How's it stack up? Give it's us the, the, it's the, same the game. review. It's the same oh. game with more stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, there's some... There are some changes like the uh, the city hub. As far as I can tell, most of the game, the large majority of the game, takes place in Prague, and uh, and it's very dense. There's a lot of it, and it's very dense. There's a lot of buildings you can go into, and uh, apartments you can climb through the window and steal stuff from. Which is like my favorite part of that game is just like sneaking into places and stealing shit uh, and finding out, reading emails, you know. Uh, and so the game's very good about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's there's really not that much to say about it because it's so much like Human Revolution. There's there's some things that I feel like okay, they definitely should have upgraded this because people were even complaining about it in Human Revolution, and now you still have this problem, like takedowns being this weird like cinematic angle. Uh, oh right, and yeah, like stock like pulls animations. And, yeah. it, it's 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 always sucked, and they've doubled down on it. And like <laughs> they've added like a few animations, but it's a lot of the same animations. Like the the classic tap the shoulder, punch the guy in the face. Uh, and it, it, there's something really jarring about it. Like it fades to black, and then it plays the the cinematic, and then it and then it comes back, and it's just like, why would you make the game? Wait, this it way? fades out to black. Yeah, it fades to black. For like a half oh. a second, it fades. To, it's just really bizarre. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, it. That's a that's a crazy decision to me. Like I would much, much, much prefer to just be able to like literally just have like a button that just punch, like a really quick punch, and you can just punch people. That would be fine. That plenty of games do that fine. Uh, but whatever. I mean, that's a pretty small complaint in the grand scheme of things. It's 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 a fine game. Uh, the only thing I the thing I really don't like about it, and I mean, Human Revolution, the story wasn't really like the overall story wasn't amazing i mean it was it had some interesting stuff about you know humanity transcending its biological roots and uh the the conflict of people who who have two very different ways of thinking about that kind of thing uh this one they've gone with the after the events of the first game in which or the of after the events of, of uh, Human Revolution, which ended spoilers with uh, a guy basically hacking into all of the augmented people and making them go kind of crazy and like start killing people and stuff. And a bunch of people died. It was a big disaster. And now, two years later, everyone distrusts augmented people. Okay. Uh, and I like that as a concept. Like, okay, interesting. You've got like a segment of society that's deemed as dangerous and technology that people don't trust and you've got to figure out what to do with them because you can't just unaugment them, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and that's interesting, but the way they treat it is like civil rights disobedience and, 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 and civil rights, uh, like, like people, it's like a parallel. It's to discrimination in a way that, okay. that doesn't, that the, 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 the events and plot don't, uh, they don't support that heavy level of like actual. They make it look like like there's benches with 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 naturals only, and then there's <laughs> there's two separate lines for the subway. There's augs and naturals, and it's like, it, 
and then you hear people yeah, you hear okay. people who aren't augmented complaining about augmented people in ways that have nothing to do with augments and it's like okay i get what you're doing there but it doesn't make any sense plot wise how did they come to this conclusion that that do they play the parallel to race to racism yeah, too close they made it racism okay. and it and it doesn't make sense because how, how what are like there's no the history isn't there i would understand if it was a fear and you like okay all the augmented people have been sent to ghettos because people are afraid of the danger that they present and people have a fear of 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 the augments themselves but instead it becomes a discrimination against people who have become augmented to the point where people hate them and that doesn't make sense it's fear not hatred and 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 they just don't treat it with that amount of nuance it would be much more interesting if they paralleled it more with like terrorism you know and like like that would be a much more modern look of the thing of like like how is terrorism affecting europe augmented augmented people even in the game there's a lot of augmented like terrorists and they just don't work with it well and, and it would be like augmented terrorists will put a bomb in the in a train station and blow up the train station well why not have the augmented people be a terrorist and use their augments to kill people so that people so that you reinforce the idea that people are afraid of the yeah. augment it just it just they don't they don't do the right thing with it and it doesn't it doesn't jive with me at all. Like the plot is just completely, the overall plot is just completely uninteresting. The the subplots and stuff are as good as ever, um, even better. Uh, so then there's plenty of that. Like there's plenty of smaller stories and and characters and stuff that that stay interesting. Um, they've even gone pretty far with a lot of it. Where I get kind of the, and I don't know. I don't. This is going to sound negative, knowing my opinion of Bethesda games, but I get kind of a Bethesda, I get kind of a, a, a Bethesda vibe out of the smaller side missions sometimes where it's like this crazy, crazy thing happening that, that makes its own little plot that um, <laughs> is a little unrealistic, but kind of fun. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's cool. They do it well. Um, and it's a, it's a very fun game. So I don't know. Uh, that's that's pretty much that for for mankind divided. I think. Um, is it worth the sixty bucks? Is this a buy, rent, or no no? It, it's a Give it's a three. definite buy if you liked Human Revolution, and if you're on the fence because you haven't played Human Revolution, uh, I would say then maybe just rent it. I, I would say just give it a. Rent. I would say see if you can get Human Revolution for like fifteen dollars or less, and and see if you like that game because that game's great um, and. Uh, I can definitely recommend it for a cheaper price, and you'll see if you will like that kind of game. Uh, so yeah, uh, th- there you go. Um, also, okay, another game. I also got. I found out that the creators of Mist, which was Mist, was a big deal for me back in the day. That was like one of my first computer games. There's a. I have a nostalgia for that game that uh, I don't have for a lot of things. Uh, the the first world of mist where you're on an island and the sound effects of it and everything are like ingrained in my brain and uh the makers of mist have made a new game called abduction and uh basically i think it was a kickstarter actually uh saying like hey we're making a game that's kind of like mist fund us fund us and they did and they made it and it's good it's very good i like it a lot uh it's it's one of those games. Instead of pointing and clicking and making your way through, you you can walk around. It's a walking simulator, but um, but it's it's gorgeous. First of all, it uses the new Unreal Engine. Uh, it's 
God, it looks really, really, really good. They have some amazing effects where like I look at it and I go, I don't understand how they pulled this off. Like I don't, I, games don't make me say that very often anymore because it's like, I, I get it. I see where the technical limitations are. And like, I understand kind of on a basic level what's going right. on. And then this, this game does something in particular with like, there's like a teleportation kind of thing where when you activate a teleporter, the screen dissolves into little bits uh, and they stream around and they're made up of what you were looking at. Like the pictures just, just split up into these bits and they, they, they swarm around, they swarm around, they swarm around and then they come back together and you're looking at something new. And it's hard to describe how incredible it looks because you have to see it to understand, but like the way they come back together and it's like, Oh, suddenly you're looking at where you are is really, really, really impressive. Um, and, and I don't understand how it's done. I'd be really interested to see like what, what's actually going on there because you can like move your camera around at the time. And then it, and it's seamlessly, seamlessly you go from this loading screen of bits to the image and there's no, there's no noticeable like, oh, here's, here's where you're going from an image to 3D or anything like that. It's just like you're there. It's very cool. Um, I'd like to see yeah, this. Yeah, uh, look up a video of it or something. It's like at the very beginning of the game, they, they, it does it. So uh, you'll get the gist of it. But uh, Now... Is the gameplay, would you say, more or less puzzle-heavy than something like The Witness? Well, it's it's different. Um, the Witness, the puzzles are... I mean, you know... The Witness has... here's Here is a puzzle, and here are all the variations of this puzzle. And you're going up to panels, and you're solving that puzzle. And now it it goes places with that, which is amazing. And I, thought, I think The Witness is an incredible game that everyone should play. Uh, but this does things in the environment where it's like, oh, you need to figure out what this lever operates and what you need to activate it and that kind of thing. Where you're, you're, it's environmental okay. puzzles, not not literal puzzles. Uh, although I have I have come on to a point in the game where I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, they've done like a plot device thing where it's like, oh, this this person's trying to slow you down by presenting you with a series of actual like puzzles. And it just felt really lazy to me, like, oh, now I'm just literally solving puzzles, like your classic puzzles that aren't all that interesting. When it was, when instead, like, God, the game, it takes you to these really, really, really interesting places, and you look around, and you figure out how things work. And there's one in particular where it's like, there's these giant machines that you have to get operational, and you're like going down into the bowels of the machine and turning levers to get things to work. And, and that's really awesome. And then it just says like, oh, here's a puzzle, like an actual puzzle. And that sucks. Um, Super. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it seems really cool so far. I, I have one friend who has played it on steam who has like 25 or 30 hours in it. So I guess it's a really, really long game. Um, I don't have no idea how far I am into it because I thought that, th- that it was all comprised of one area. And then I got teleported to a completely different area that was just as large. So I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. I think if you liked mist, then you'll like this game. So there you go. Um, I don't know if I have much else to say about that one, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that actually sounds kind of cool. I was looking at some footage of it, um, just kind of off to the side there, and it looks really it's, nice. It looks incredible. Um, the graphics the, are the awesome. Art design yeah. of it, um, and the stuff they show in like from what I've seen of like the gameplay footage and trailers that they've shown, 
doesn't get you a good sense of like, like it takes you to some really interesting places and does some really cool things. Um, it's amazing to look at. Um, but honestly, I would recommend still just because of its uniqueness, I would say if you were looking at this kind of game and saying, I want to play this kind of game, get the witness first because the witness or I would recommend the witness over this because this is just doing the same thing that miss did. Uh, it's oh crap! Has our internet dropped? Uh oh! All right, we're back. Are we streaming again? But, yes, we are. Um, yeah. So where was I'm I? at home right now, and uh, my dad just reset the router. <laughs> so that's why you uh, need a cool. night- okay. By the way, my my new condo. I know the building is like 120 megs down, like 20 up. It's the oh, internet nice. is incredible. Um, so I'm really excited Blazing about that. Fast. Uh, yeah, uh, I was saying something about the witness versus abduction. Uh, you were saying if you if you're thinking you really want to play a game like this, I would then... recommend the witness over abduction because abduction is doing the same thing that these kinds of games have been doing for a while. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I've never played a game yeah like these games well in that case i would actually say if you've never played this kind of game and you're like okay i'll check it out in that case i would say play this or something like this and then play the witness because the witness kind of plays off of your expectations of these kinds of games a little bit i think maybe okay um maybe i'm giving it a little too much credit i don't know but i i think about the closest i've played to a game like this is ethan carter yeah like a walk around and do puzzles. I don't even know how close that is. It seems like mist and uh, abduction are like a lot more abstract than that. Uh, no, I would compare this a lot to Ethan Carter, actually. Uh, okay. Ethan Carter has a little less interactivity. Uh, Ethan Carter was a lot of just wandering around finding things. Yeah. This has, you know, levers to pull, puzzles. elevators to go up and down on, doors to open, codes to unlock, uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's 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 a lot more like Ethan Carter than than... Yeah, Ethan Carter's pretty similar. But uh, The Witness is... Can't recommend it enough. I really like The Witness. I've been thinking a lot more about The Witness and like, shit, yeah. It's a really cool game uh, that I don't think has gotten the credit it really deserves. Um, Because it is kind of out there and I I think a lot of people get turned away from it seeing seeing what it is. But uh, other than that, I just played the... It's also made by Jonathan Blow. Yeah. Who blows. Well... Separate the uh, mm. separate the art from the artist and that kind of thing. I never had a problem with him. Maybe, I don't, I don't uh, remember. The Braid stuff just happened before I was really tuned into I that, liked but... Braid a lot. Uh, I never got into Fez. I tried it, but I never got into it. That's not him. Fez is him, I think. No, Fez is uh, no, Fez not. That's is full fish. fish. You're right. So Braid, yeah, Jonathan Blow went straight from Braid to The Witness, I guess. The Witness. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what, like, people got pissed off at him for some reason. He, I think it was because he was like pretentious or something. Yeah, like and Braid is pretentious, and so is the witness. The witness yeah. is more pretentious than Braid. The witness is, it, it bothers me how pretentious the witness is. But that's not really? what I like about the game. Like, like the game has some sort of, it has these like I've told you about this. I think it has like voice recorders that you pick up, and they say like quotes from famous people, and it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have like any kind of narrative. It's just bullshit of like. Ooh, this quote seems okay. profound, you know, and it tries to be profound without actually saying anything. Or that's what I feel. I'm sure he's trying to say something with it, but I don't get it. Uh, it's very obscure. 
very vague and and that's not what i like the game for uh uh, kind of same thing with Braid, although Braid does have kind of a cool little narrative with a little bit. But um, actually, I like Braid. Braid has a cool story. I like Braid's story. It's it is pretentious, but it's cool. Um, and yeah, other than that, Battlefield One's the beta is all I've really done. And there's nothing to say about Battlefield One's beta. It's it's a Battlefield game uh, set in World War One, and that's that. Okay, uh, I played quite a few games over these two weeks. Uh, I also went to the beach. I went beaching. I uh, put on my sunglasses, went down to the waves, uh, got my toes in the sand. Very nice. <laughs> you wish you were home so, playing video games? Just a quick update on that. No, no, no <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, I, I did play games, though. Uh, one that I picked up was Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Okay. And that is a game that I've seen like pictures of the characters before. It's like that purple hair um, genie thing. It's a really fun platformer. It's very, very well made. Um, it's a Metroidvania, but unlike most of those games where it seems like you're exploring this massive single map with all these different locked doors and passageways that you won't unlock until much, much later and you'll come back... This game, it kind of separates the content onto these islands, little islands that you sail to, and they each have theme, like this is the the desert island, and this is the uh, saliva-based island, which is a whole level that they have. It's very creative levels that they have in this game. But um, each island is sort of manageable in thinking about the space and the layout of it and what's been blocked off and what you can right. come back to. Because of the way they set it up, it makes that stuff easier to keep track of. And then the focus is then not on um, you know, just managing this web of backtracking that you have to do and is more in the actual moment-to-moment platforming and combat. I'd say the platforming is a bigger deal than the combat. Um, yeah, a lot more fun than I was expecting. I'd heard good things, but not really paid much attention. But I'm glad I picked it up. Uh, I like that game a lot. And the music is kicking. Real kicking music. Um, oh yeah, it's also just loaded with fan service on fan service. Uh, it doesn't even try to conceal it. Like, every character... Their sprites are like tits bouncing constantly. Uh. And I got it for the 3DS. So the character portraits, when they talk, they actually like have the tits come out of the screen <laughs> at you. And uh, there's like this one character who's like fat. He's a fat dude. And then his like gut is sticking way out of the screen. Good. It's great. It's a, It's got a sense of humor that isn't the sense of humor I'd say most games that are trying to be funny right. have. So it's just a, a real refreshing game, a classic platformer with um, a lot more going on than most platformers because you unlock abilities and come back. And Very cool game, Shantae, Pirate's Curse. Cool. Cool stuff. I also played Inside, which we talked about on the yeah. podcast before. You played that. Did um, you finish it? So I did. I did. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I can now understand what you were saying about the game in more detail now, but... When I was playing, um, hmm. well, uh, the presentation is spectacular. Yeah. Like, yeah. that 
the is, atmosphere uh, is very clearly a standout yeah. element, more so than Limbo. Even Limbo, I thought was cool in the way it was stylized, but it seemed mostly like it's this one. This is note. the style of the game. Yeah, it's all just the black silhouette. It also has an age. It didn't well. have all that much impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This they managed to do a lot with the depth. Yeah. Um, where it's not just like a two and a half D. You're moving past a 3D environment, but what you're interacting with is all in the same point. They do clever things with, like, the dogs stand out as one example, yeah. where you're, like, climbing over the fence, and they, like, run back around the pillar yeah. and then try to get you and on the, the other side of the, the fence. the truck where they're, like, trying to find you and the headlights. Yeah, are, yeah. It, it, that stuff, especially because that's just shown right at the beginning of the game, and co- going in with the expectation, like, oh, this is Limbo 2... Uh, that stuff is a little surprising because Limbo has a zero of that. And yeah, that was, um, that was really cool. And the story was really had me interested. Uh, you know, there's not all that much to say about it, but it's still, there's some meat to chew on afterwards where you're thinking about what exactly happened or could have happened. And it's sort of ambiguous, but they give you some clues. It tells a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. A, a simple, vague one, but but yeah, it has a nice little. It also, I don't know if you've seen like, there's a revelation, uh, which is pretty obscure. You have to like get the collectibles and then go to a certain spot in the. Yeah, game. I, I saw the secret ending yeah, on YouTube. Um, and that that's kind of important to the story. But um, yeah, that's cool. I'm not totally sure what it means though. It's some kind of meta thing about you're the you're playing the game and the guys being what played. I, I guess I don't know. Uh, I, I super hot has that's that would have that would have been really cool to me if super hat hadn't super hot hadn't done pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, better, I think. Uh, it, it, yeah, super hot has the same kind of revelation. I'll just go ahead and spoil super hot. It's not a big deal. Um, the story is not what you get that game for. But uh, it's it was a nice little surprise because I didn't expect that game to have any story. Uh, super hot, you know. You're going through the levels and the thing is flashing at you. Do this, do this, do this, and you're shooting people. And it's like kill them all, and you kill them all, and and it flashes up these things at you, these orders and commands, and you get to a point where you you're looking through a window, an, a, an apartment window, and there's a person sitting at their desk and they're wearing a VR headset. And when you move your head, they move their head. And then you go later on and you, you're in the apartment and you're behind them and you've got your gun. And, and, and again, their head's moving when you move. And, it, and the screen starts flashing for you to kill them. <laughs> and shoot them in the head. <laughs> and so you shoot, you shoot yourself in the head. And it's, it's, it's really – it's kind of funny and, and creepy. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's basically a very similar concept of like – the characters being played and it's all meta, but, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have not played the full version of super high yet. I've it's been cool. I, I would wait for it to go on sale, but it's, it's really cool. I, I highly recommend it. Um, Oh, I also, I didn't put this down on the dock, but, um, I played a horror game called layers of fear. Have you heard of that? Don't think so. Okay, um, it's very heavily inspired by PT, uh. it seems like. Um, it's not doing the exact same shtick as PT, like that Allison Road yeah. game that we watched a trailer for that looked really bad. Um, it's its own thing, but very clearly inspired by PT. You play a painter 
who's losing his mind. And it's it plays a lot with like impossible geometry where you'll be walking around and then like you'll walk through a door, it's a dead end, but you turn back around to leave and now the door is gone and you're stuck in there and then something will happen. And uh, it does a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, kind of Stanley Parable, but played straight sure. in terms of some of the geometry stuff it does. A lot of cool effects too. Like in the kitchen, there's a painting of a bunch of fruit on a table, like one of those classic, I don't know enough about art, still, but I want to say like Baroque still, still life, life things yeah. where it's like a basket of fruit. And then you look at it and then all the fruit like starts physically tumbling out of the picture and like actual 3D fruit yeah. starts rolling out of it and onto the ground. So lots of cool stuff. However... I think I might have seen some footage of this game because like I'm, I'm kind of having... Is there, like, books that attack you or something? No, I know. Uh, there's not really much attacking you that, <laughs> that goes on. It's, I feel like I've seen It's much more it. of a walking simulator than a game. Right. Um, there's not really a way to fail. What it's less successful at than those presentational tricks, the horror, mm. it starts out kind of like creepy, because you don't know what's going to happen, and the geometry's changing, and there are some legitimately great moments. Like, one that stands out is you go down into the basement, and, like, your wife, who you kind of assume is dead, but you don't really know, yeah. uh, was supposed to be big into the piano, and you hear, like, the piano coming from the basement. Or is that how it works? I don't know. Maybe you, like, hit it. But either way, the piano's playing, and you are in the basement, and it's clutter everywhere. Normally, like when you first went in, when you turn around from the piano, all the items in the basement have like started floating in the air, but there's hundreds of them, like physics objects, and you can walk through and you start like knocking them all around, and there's like huge numbers. It's kind of hard to explain just how <laughs> many items are around, like paintbrushes, the hundreds of them are everywhere, and chairs and tables, and you just walk through it like you're water out of the way it's really cool but less effective um than that stuff is is the actual horror stuff so they directly copied the twitchy lady from pt uh, yeah you know exactly which, what i'm talking which about which wasn't a, necessarily a, a, and then she grabs concept. you well yeah but it's exactly the same right. as pt where it's a pale t- thrashing twitchy lady with weird like glitchy video effects going on yeah. and she like rushes up to you and grabs you and shakes really? her face and then and then drops you yeah um so that already wasn't quite as effective as i think they were intending because i'd seen it in pt before but then they uh repeat that like it must be eight times at least there are like eight different occasions where this twitchy lady grabs you, yeah. picks you up, goes, <laughs> drops you, and then you're in a different area. It's not like a lose state or anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, very questionable decision there. And then at some point, they just start padding it out for what seems like no reason. Most of it, you're moving from room to room, and you just keep moving forward, and it feels like you're pushing deeper into this guy's fucked up mind. And it's cool. But toward the end, there's this sequence where you're in this one room and side rooms keep opening up as you solve puzzles. And the puzzle, I'm using that term very loosely, 
is you walk into one of these side rooms, you scan around for minutes trying to find a tiny little checker, like from the game Checkers. You have to find one tiny checker in each room, and then walk back to the checkerboard, and then it'll go like, and open up the next side room. And it does that like 12 times in a row. It's better than it's PT's obnoxious. puzzle. It, well, yeah, <laughs> no, but that's I'm not when you're meant to solve. I'm just kidding. In, in this game, it, it eventually asks, like after you've been doing the checker thing for a while, it puts up on the wall, who are you even playing against? And at that point, I was like, mm. I don't care. I just want to stop. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and the ending is very corny. But overall, it was fun. Um, unique little horror game. Uh, really shitty engine, Unity is. <laughs> but like, it's kind of... I don't know. It doesn't look like garbage. I think this is Unity 5 they were using. But it just feels some something's clunky about it in a way that's kind of hard to describe. Unreal 4 is just obviously better. Yeah, I like. have been having trouble, I will say, with abduction, although it looks fantastic. I have had some performance trouble where it would... It, it it locks up occasionally a little bit, like it'll drop a few frames and, and kind of like, like it's loading a new segment almost, but it happens seemingly at random a lot of the time. It, it doesn't okay. run super well. I was kind of disappointed thinking like, well, it's an Unreal game. Shouldn't it run really well? I don't know. Abzu also was on um, Unreal 4. Yeah. That Abzu I looks great. Troubles with. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot can be done with that engine. Sure. Stylistically, it's not just more realistic, which I think could have been a, a bad, a bad thing if they didn't push the effects. I wish, uh, I wish horror games would get out of the. They're just they've always been super unoriginal, and missing the yeah. point of what makes the good horror games good. Like, like okay, for years we had the the amnesia knockoffs, and they're still coming yeah. out. Uh, monster follows you around and you have to hide from the monster and then yeah and then there was the slender stuff where you can't look at the monster and uh which was also amnesia i guess but but yeah lots of slender man games and then now you have now that pt came out and that was a thing now you've got people trying to do the pt thing but not and i'm not i'm not saying i could do any better but the lack of originality and 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 the the way that they miss the point is what kills me it's like what made PT good was was the the atmosphere and the tension, you know. It, it was yeah. it was so full of dread. Every bit of that game was just dread. Absolutely, and yeah, and you're waiting because you did not know what would cause the monster lady to come. Yeah, you didn't know what was happening or what you were supposed to do or what the next. In this, the thing to do is always walk directly forward. The tension that you were just talking about there, which is so crucial to PT, absolutely no tension at some point in Layers of Fear, because by the sixth time, the <laughs> scary lady picks you up and drops you. Uh, it's not scary at all when you see her. Yeah. She's just how you progress. So I would see her like at the end of the hallway, and the lights are flashing, and putting her in the silhouette and ooh spooky and i would just ran directly and and because i knew and that pt would be fine. And pt doesn't just you know I, uh, someone might look at pt and say well it just makes you go through the same hallway over and over again and there's creepy stuff there but 
it makes you look at things you don't want to look at. Uh, you yeah. know, the bathroom door will open and you'll say, well, I just want to run by that bathroom and, 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 and get to the end of the <laughs> yeah. hallway. But then you realize, no, I have to go in there. And then it's like, oh, well, I have to look through the hole, you know, and that's what that's that's part of what makes PT so great is like your your natural instinct is to just run through it all and, and kind of ignore what's happening. But but it doesn't let you. And everything is so fucking creepy. I, I wish God, I wish more games could could pull off what PT did. And I I don't know if PT could have pulled off what it did if it was a full game either. I, I mean, the fact that it's like a 30 minute experience or an hour long experience it, it definitely gives an advantage where you never get tired of it. And the pacing is perfect where you don't get exhausted from, from the fear, which I've definitely had games where it's like, all right, this is yeah. scary, but I've been playing it for an hour and a half and now I just want to stop. Uh, and I'm just frustrated and annoyed at, at the, at the creepy stuff. That's definitely true for when I'm playing uh, horror games. At some point I just don't, want to play anymore yeah they need um, they need in, breaks in like particular sessions one of the things one of i i think this game I, w- I wouldn't call it underrated a lot of people love it but fear the first fear game would have scary stuff happen and then huge fun as hell crazy awesome firefights and then scary stuff would happen and then you go through another firefight and it spreads out the scary stuff so that you don't just get exhausted with it and you don't just get tired of it. Uh, a lot of people don't say fear isn't all that scary, but I was young and it was scary. <laughs> um, well, that's the kind of that's the kind of pacing that everybody wants their adventure games and their action games to have. I mean, when people talk about how to structure an action game, downtime is pretty important. Yeah, where you can't just be firing on all cylinders at all times because then it doesn't stand out anymore yeah. there's no energy if it's just flat but up here all the time alien abduction um, was kind of exhausting for me because it's like the one gameplay mechanic in that game or at least for the first 10 hours that i played is hide from the bad guys and you get exhausted it's just like i'm constantly hiding from the bad guys and yeah it's creepy and they've done a really good job with it and the the mechanic is really well done and it, it works but when you're doing it for ten hours, it, it loses all its luster, and I never, I never played more than ten hours of that game. That's what Outlast did for me. I got that for free on PSN, but the PS Plus thing, and it was just constant with the jump scares and the scripted horror sequences, where and they were planned pretty well sometimes, and they would be surprising, and I'd go whoo like that, <laughs> yeah. and but. By two or three hours in, I was already getting tired of it because it was just one thing after another where, oh, go get the key from here. And then you'll walk in there and then a big scary guy starts coming. So yeah. you better duck under the table. And eventually I just kind of got what was going on. Like, okay, this is my objective on the way there. Something crazy is going to happen. So I better be ready to poop my pants. Yeah. Um, and even if it's legitimately yeah, well know. done and scary, you don't, you don't. I mean, the whole point of you playing scary games is because a part of you wants to be scared, but yeah, eventually yeah. you get tired of that. Yeah. Okay. I actually finished Until Dawn. I got yes. to play it at my uh, buddy's place again um, and finish the playthrough I had going. Um, that's a game that I think does it very well. Yeah. 
because in between the horror bits, the characters are talking and it's fun. They're having team and conversations it's funny. and it's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And plus, the, I mean, just superficially, it's a lot closer to a horror movie than most uh, games are. But that really also um, ap- applies for how it's paced generally. Where you have the downtime, mm-hmm. you have, um, to reference time again, you have time to absorb the environment when you're not being chased by things or there's no imminent threat, and you get a lay of the house, the cabin that they're in, and um, you really get, I think it may be close to like 20 to 1 downtime to scary time. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and I think that works. It works really well. For Definitely, that game. I, I, I like the way. It, I love that. I wound game. up buying it myself. I thought it was sixty bucks, which is why I was right. like, okay, I I had my fill of it. I'm done. I don't need to buy it again just to play it. But turned out it was twenty bucks. That's totally. So, that's more than reasonable for that game. That's a that's yes, a full ten so, hours of a good game. Yeah, I wind up buying it myself, and I'll do my second playthrough, and hopefully I'll save some of these people. <laughs> did you, did you not save anyone? I, I did. I did save people. But at the end, um, so a couple people died because I was holding down the walk faster button, which yeah. disables quick time events for some reason, which I think we talked about yes, last time. Yes, we did. Um, then, also, at the end of the game, it was like a, a big plan to kill the monster, where... Uh, the gas is on in the fireplace, and we're going to spark yeah. it and light the whole place up. And after, like, staying still so that the monster doesn't see you and distracting him to help your, your friend take the light bulb off of one of the uh, light bulb things. I don't yeah. even know what you would call it. Like a candelabra thing that's electric. Either way, he unscrews it so it'll make a spark and light the whole place up. So then it gave me two options. Hide run for switch and i picked run for switch and the girl i was playing just sprints over to the switch flips it she didn't just run to it she flips the switch kills everyone inside the house that's not what i wanted to do (laughs) (laughs) and they they plus they looked at each other and were like yeah at the same time yeah like, like yeah. it's a plan, yeah. Like, they had a plan. Like, he was ready to, I don't know, jump out the window exactly. or the door next to him. didn't telegraph that everyone else wasn't making their escape. Are you I, aware of this? Yes. I, I, it sounds like you've heard of this before. I, I know exactly I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I've seen a full playthrough of the game, and I, that part in particular, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you got to run towards the switch. You're, you're near the switch, you got to run towards the switch, not keep hiding because the monster's definitely going to find you and bite your head off. And yeah, if you... It happens right before the end. Yeah. Boom! Yeah, <laughs> almost everyone. Dies. I would be, I would be more pissed off about it if it weren't so fucking hilarious when it happens. <laughs> right. I was, and just immediately after, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, it's like I have to play it again now just to yeah. get a less disastrous outcome. Um, I also um, the Joshua character, his head got crushed like a grape. Yep. Um, I was a little too slow on the draw, and I time event that's the only one that i really felt like okay i just fucked that one <laughs> um otherwise it was the l1 thing i and, wish that uh, i wish the, that, the I wish that l1 thing didn't happen to you because I, I don't get that yeah. i just don't get a it. a lot of the quick time things that they do like the the standing still and like using the motion controller to like that is very that's cool. a clever thing like okay that makes sense uh but yeah now it was it was a little cheaty once uh 
they had done the don't move thing you just put it on the ground throughout the game and well no not that um once that's been done several times at several points in the game and they're finally getting into the monster stuff in the later parts and then the grizzled mountain man is talking about i heard a rumor that they can't see you if if you don't move mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's very convenient because there's a thing in this game where you don't move. But uh, it's it is cool when the monster's like right on the other side of like some wooden planks, and you can see it's like yeah. baby eyes moving around, and you have to stay super still. Very cool game. I'm gonna play that again. Cool. Um, and the PS4 is just the gift that keeps on giving. I'm just, I don't know if you've got some else to talk about, but. Firing all cylinders right now. Um, Neo, I got to play the beta of that. Really? So Neo, yeah. Um, do you know what this is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for the folks at home who don't, Neo is kind of like a Dark Souls-style uh, ninja samurai game. Yeah. It's like an action game made by Team Ninja, I believe. Yes. People who made Ninja Gaiden. And um, it's a very fast-paced... Actually, not very fast-paced, but... Compared to Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Dark Souls 1. Smooth action, combat that's very punishing, um, strategic dodging and managing weapon movesets, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't really know how to get into this. Because I don't know if it would more sense to talk about it in reference to Dark Souls, which I think most people listening have played I mean, or are familiar have to, with, or just yeah, yeah. It definitely wouldn't exist without Dark Souls. I mean, yeah. that's pretty clear. It does take its own um, direction in a lot of ways, but it really, really closely follows the Dark Souls formula, um, where it could be a game that From Software made as like a spin-off. Um, mm. Definitely more more different than Bloodborne is from the main Souls games, but still very similar. Uh, you have revenants, I think they call them, like these dark spirits that are from other players. They're not actual players; they're just like NPCs built from other players' inventories. But uh, they are kind of like the multiplayer elements in those games. Um. Okay. Well, to start, the combat's very very good. It does that very well. Um, That's important. <laughs> more depth than Dark Souls, I'd say, in terms of moment-to-moment combat gameplay. A lot of that's owed to there being three stances in combat. Um, you switch between holding your weapon low, middle, or high. You toggle those states, and you have to change between them frequently during combat if you want to be most effective. And so high, you have longer range, hit harder, but you're slower. Then mid is best at blocking, and low is best at dodging and being really fast. So you have reason to switch between them frequently, I've found. There's not just, okay, this is my style of play. I'm going to mostly go middle, or I'm going to mostly go low. That's not how this game is played at all. You really have to be switching between them frequently. And also, the weapons, I find, you also have to switch between frequently, because some weapons will just not work all that well against some enemies. Maybe that's just me being bad and new at it, but I don't know. It seems like you got to do a lot of switching. Bows and ranged weapons are tremendously useful. Everyone should use them. And 
they make that very easy because there's a dedicated ranged attack button that it doesn't take up regular weapon slots or anything like mm-hmm. it does in Dark Souls. Like, you are expected to use ranged weapons, and you really should. Um, I don't... I'm finding myself not having all that much to say about this game. I was really excited to play it, and it's fun, but it's just not all that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in some ways, and this is kind of a harsh comparison, or might sound more harsh than it is, but it reminds me of Dark Souls 2, mm. where... I think it can get away with this a little more than Dark Souls 2 could because it's meant to be kind of historical fiction with some supernatural elements, not like its own fantasy world. So yeah. I get why the environments are kind of kind of bland because they're meant to be real places sort of in Japan and that age. Um, but for the most part, it seems like pretty standard. This is the town by the sea and this is the cave and... This is the grassy field, and not that's not all that fun to explore. Yeah, the combat is compelling, I'd say, but really, what gives those games staying power is the place that you're fighting in, not just the fighting. Yeah, game. I mean, what makes you want to play more Dark Souls is is to figure out what's next. Yeah, to see what see what see what the game has for you, and and not not just the gameplay. I mean, the gameplay is just good enough to keep you going. That's what I think if this game has one major problem, it's that, where I'm not totally interested in seeing what comes next, because I can kind of guess what's going to come next, so far at least. Um, maybe there are major surprises and variations in setting and um, and It needs to rely later, more on but... story, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would need to. It's hard to tell what the full game's going to be like. Because this is a demo, it actually it's they call it a demo beta. Sure, so at least they're being more this. honest about it. <laughs> yeah, um, there was no real introduction or hmm. cutscene to explain things, so I think that that is not final, most likely. Yeah, it needs a good anime story to to keep you going. It really does need that. The hero is kind of cool. He's a white guy. In the east, the far east, the Orient, uh, and he's Tom a Cruise. samurai. He is Tom Cruise. He's actually not Tom Cruise. He's Geralt. He looks oh, a lot okay. like Geralt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the long gray hair, the Scandinavian features. He's basically Geralt with a samurai sword. But yeah, no real introduction to him or what he's trying to do or the point of anything. I'm sure that'll be in the actual game. But yeah, I, I mean, really, there's some things that are inspired but for the most part it's really not like the demons look kind of cool but they all look similar i've only run into like three types of them so far and it's all the same kind of then besides just the design and the world some of the actual combat setting like scenarios feel like they came from dark souls 2 so one that i was just streaming earlier it's like this I don't even know what to call it. It's like a side mission. This is not an open world game. You pick Mm -hmm. levels and move around a a world map. Um, And there was one side mission that I played. You start out in a circular grassy arena 
you fight a wave of enemies and then another wave and then it opens up a narrow hallway into another grassy circle where you fight more enemies and then another narrow hallway you you, you can kind of see where this is going and then at yeah. the end of this whole ordeal it's this huge demon guy with these big bulging eyes and massive biceps and he's just wailing on you really cool i thought that was like the boss or something but then after i take him down turns out it's actually like another wave of enemies type deal and two of them spawn Mm. and then it just got obnoxious they were on you constantly i found myself just sprinting backwards most of the time trying to find an opening to hit him once or twice it really fucking sucked it felt that's my least favorite thing about from dark souls 2 yeah and that's that's my least favorite thing that all the Dark Souls games have done where it's like, well, you thought one enemy was hard. How about two or three or four? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, and it seems like even in this beta, that's also how a lot of the regular enemies and enemy encounters from the main missions go as well. It's not just the side missions. Um, lots of enemies in kind of tight areas. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know. I heard somebody saying it looked way better than Bloodborne. That's not true. It's just not. Um, I hope that they manage to improve it. From what I've seen and heard of the previous beta for this that was going on, they have listened to feedback a lot. So hopefully they'll continue to for the final release of this game. But at the moment, it's got some problems, but cool. All right. Well, I don't have... Like any news, the the PS the PS4 Slim version was linked was leaked, and uh, like leaked as in like someone got their hands on a physical PS4 Slim, oh. fully working. I think there's even like a review out there somewhere for it, and it hadn't even been announced. But uh, yeah, not much to say about that. I mean, it's a PS4 Slim. Everyone knew it was coming, right? Uh, I don't know. There's not anything we're 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 teetering on the precipice of games starting to come out in time for black friday so uh soon enough we'll have plenty of news to talk about i guess but right now i don't know as far as i know not much to talk about it it kind of seems like the ps4 is just now getting a library big enough to justify right yeah um, Took a while. Neo, I, I think that's worth. It's it's something you have to acknowledge. It's pretty good when that comes out. So Neo, Last Guardian, Horizon, that Dreams thing for Media Molecule, yeah, uh, Bloodborne, obviously, Until Dawn, and Uncharted Four. It's a solid lineup. That is a very solid lineup. Much, much, much more solid than Xbox One's. Yeah, I was in the store the other day, the uh, the gaming store. And I was looking at the Xbox One catalog that they had, and what got me thinking was that I saw a pre-owned Xbox One that, you know, was not all that expensive, and I was thinking, hmm, maybe there's there's something for this that I could do an impulse buy and get an Xbox One. Nothing. Nothing interested me. It was just Halo, and everything else was multi-platform. That and the real collection... They've got and they've got Gears of War four coming out, uh, which you know, all right, cool. Uh, Forza Horizon 
is probably going to be good. But those are all coming out on the PC too. So for me particularly, it's like, well, why the fuck would I get an Xbox One? Um, but that's yeah. fine. That seems to be part of their strategy, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, there was there would have been some news, but this turned out to be non-news. I think uh, people giving the retailers giving uh, uh, refunds for No Man's Sky. Um, particularly Steam, people were saying was giving you free refunds, and I remember reading it and thinking, I think people are getting confused because Steam will give you a full refund for a game if you haven't asked for a refund before. Oh. Like that's always been something that Steam has done, and so people well, were getting a refund for No Man's the, Sky. The official refund policy. Where... Yeah, but people were saying, oh well, it doesn't matter how long you played and all that stuff. But like, got it. They've always let you do that. Uh, and of course, there's always been a factor of luck of like, well, maybe if you get the right person, then you can get a refund. But like. People were acting like I think Reddit was going around saying, "Hey, you know, you can refund No Man's Sky on Steam, no matter how many hours you have put in." And then it turned out not to be true, even though all these news articles had come out about it—just stupidity. And then like people were saying, "Well, still, Amazon's giving refunds for it." Well, Amazon gives you refunds for everything. It, it, it seems like complete non-news, but that game, oof, that game continues to be—it continues to dominate the very loud fighting parts of the gaming community on the internet uh i, I just people... went i just went to the store page for no man's sky they have a special yeah. disclaimer that yeah. says the standard steam refund policy applies to no man's sky there are no special exemptions available click here for more details yeah. so uh it kind of tells you a lot about how many people have been trying to return this game how much people are concerned about how open they are to returning this game. People really, uh, people really hate No Man's Sky, and I, I get it. I, that game, that game was a ripoff. Uh, it, 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 yeah. it's, it sucks. Kind of. I mean, I don't know, it seems all right, but, but if, if that game had come out at forty dollars, this wouldn't be a discussion at all. This would be fine. Yeah. But sixty dollars was too much for it. I, I think. And even with the even with the developer Sean Murray, who I've talked about being, you know, he seems like such a nice guy and everything. He came out there and he was saying things about the game that were patently false. Um, the even with all that shit that happening, uh, very low meeting another yeah. player. Uh, but it's possible. Very low. Yeah, it's possible if uh, someone hacks the game, maybe or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Even with all that, people seem way, way, way uh, too invested in hating on this game. Like, I don't know. It's become a thing. It's become a thing to... It's like the latest Call of Duty trailer. It's like people have got to jump on something and get really angry about it and and hate it together. And it's fun because it's video games. It doesn't seem like people manage their expectations very well on this. No. No, that would be an understatement. Uh, I mean, but like, who... like. You pre-ordered the game. Like, fucking everyone was saying, you know, it looks cool. Maybe it'll be cool, but we'll see. Everyone was saying that. You pre-order the game and ignore everyone saying, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not all that great. Or you deserve to, to get fucked. I guess you, so, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just... I don't want to say you deserve to get fucked. If, if someone just saw the advertisement for that game on the Steam page or whatever, and said, ooh, this looks cool, and bought it, and then said, like, oh, this is not that great. That sucks. You brought up a crappy game. Sorry. But if you did your research, and you saw what people were saying about the game before and after yeah. release, 
I mean, deal with it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's scary. What if I'm just so hype? Everyone was hype. Everyone was pretty hype about this game. Oh, well. Uh, Star Citizen's going to be on air. (laughs) When that game finally comes out. Oh, that's actually something I wanted to talk about. They, uh, They showed up at uh gamescom or somewhere and showed like an hour of gameplay of star citizen where they like flew around in their ship went to a planet got on a space station they were playing multiplayer they had one guy on the ship outside of the the station on the planet surface and he was looking in it was like (laughs) it was funny because the developer and i feel kind of bad for them on the one hand, I feel kind of bad. On the other hand, I hate their guts. But the, the developer spent the whole time saying, look, see, it works. It's a thing that exists. Look, it's it, it, see, look, the multiplayer, look, these players are look, like, that Not was it. The whole presentation was just proving that, that technologically this game works. Uh, and everyone was cheering every time something would happen. Like, like oh, he got off the, the ship and he landed on the planet's surface. Woo! He got on back on the ship. Woo! He 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 got on his speeder bike spaceship thing. Woo! I mean, it was just constant. Um, the fans for that game are insane. But but yeah, that game is apparently. Oh God, has it happened again? Jesus! Clearly, installing a Wi-Fi doorbell is that important at eleven o'clock at night. We'll just finish up the podcast. Are we streaming? Yes, Are we live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Citizen sucks. The no, the technology exists. The game exists. The things that they're saying that they can do exist in some form that is presentable to an audience. Uh, still not a game. Nope, I, I'm confident now. That's all I need. I'm pre-ordering. <laughs> Uh, you should look up the footage. I mean, it is pretty impressive, some of the stuff they do. Also, some of it is really bizarre. Uh, like, they, there's a mission that they get from an NPC who has facial expressions and everything. I guess they're showing off the actual Squadron 42 version of the game instead of this. I still don't really understand what the what difference is. Squadron 42? So at some point, they split the game up into Squadron 42, which was going to be a single-player slash cooperative experience. And Star Citizen, which was going to be some kind of Suedo MMO. Suedo? Pseudo MMO kind of thing. Uh, and then. I've never heard that said that <laughs> And <laughs> And so now there's like two separate games, I guess. They're both multiplayer, okay, yeah, but yeah. one's more collaborative focus. Um, and. And yeah, this, they, they got a quest from an NCC who was like fully voiced and had facial stuff and all that stuff and they sat down at the table it with him like and he, gary oldman yeah and uh that was kind of odd oh, it's actually played by gary oldman <laughs> really i didn't catch yeah. that um well there you go uh i guess if you've got why? the money why because you've got the money why do they need because you've got the money they have mark hamill they have also. over a hundred million dollars to spend they have to find places to spend it Actors are an yeah, easy one. Yeah, this was totally unnecessary, and this is all just everything for about this game is unnecessary. The Squadron Forty Two game. Yeah. Um, the, oh the, my god. The crazy thing about this game is, like, on the one hand, they try to be super realistic. Like, this is the space sim you've always wanted. Super realistic. You go from space to atmosphere to planet seamlessly. All that stuff. 
they showed themselves going from space to the planet and the scale isn't realistic the scale doesn't make sense of the game it, there's a there's a, some kind of space station thing in orbit that's like a landing like a sequence of lights to like land yeah. on the planet i guess or whatever and they go through that and they land on the planet and i can see the little space station with the lights like orbiting above them not all that far off the ground really like it's i mean it's miles away but that's nothing in space terms so right. like the scale is like constricted i guess which wouldn't be realistic i don't know what i i don't know what that game is i don't know i don't believe a word that comes out of their mouths <laughs> Uh, yeah. they keep keep talking about more and more features that they're going to have. You're going to be able to mine into the center of an asteroid to get at the minerals, and it's all going to be interactive, and, and everything's going to be great, and you're going to love it, and it's going to be awesome, and all these modules will, will work seamlessly, and all these things we're adding are great and awesome, and you're going to love it. And it, I, I, I just don't believe it for a second. Why, why would they try to make two games? Because it, it, because originally the Kickstarter was for Squadron Forty Two. Really? The, oh yes. Originally the Kickstarter. If you were a backer at the very beginning, you were you were backing a cooperative campaign. Uh, that was going to be very realistic. Very, I mean, realistic in terms of um, doability. <laughs> of okay, of, they they can make that game. Like it's a thing that could exist. Uh, and at some point. It got so popular, so many people gave so much money, so many millions to them that they said, well, we can make this an, almost like an MMO. Or, or maybe they're actually trying to make it an MMO. I don't know. And, uh, and they started saying, like, all right, we're going to have planets that you can land on. And we're going to have stations that you can go inside. And, you're, and we're going to have all this shit and buy our $20,000 ship and... I don't know. It got out of hand, man. To say the least, it got out of hand. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what that game is anymore. I I my guess would be that Squadron Forty Two will still come out as a reasonably good cooperative space campaign that's about ten hours long, maybe. Well, maybe it'll be really long. I don't know. Uh, they'll deliver on that promise. I hope, and I think maybe. They have the technology to do it. It's realistic. It can it can happen. It's when you get to the star citizen side of things where it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How are you going to do this? And even if you do do it, at what point does it become a game? Where, yeah. where are your where is your game? You're talking about all this stuff you can That's do. That's what No Man's Sky had to but answer. But it's worse than No Man's Sky not. in a way because like No Man's Sky, at least they never they never said anything about what you can do. They just said, look, look, it's planets. It's, well, they it, did say you can do anything. Well, no, but, but they but, didn't. Sure, the Peter Molyneux thing, but but Star Citizen is very specifically telling you you can mine. Yeah, here's true. how you mine. Here's what you do. Here's the mechanics of it. Here's the ships that do it. Here's the the items that you need. The skills that you need. And the, at no point do they say. And here's how it's a game. Like here's your incentive for mining or anything. It's just like you can do it. So I guess you will do it. Um, and and God. And then and then they show stuff that seemingly to me conflicts but maybe someone more familiar with the project would be able to tell me what exactly is going on here because they show a city hub and it's something you can walk around in extremely detailed uh but it's a hub it's a it's a space that you can't leave it's 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 detailed it's there's a lot of stuff there um 
but there's what appears to be to me a backdrop that you can't get to, you know, like other skyscrapers and ships flying around and that kind of thing that are just the stuff that you would see in a Mass Effect game that's just decoration in the background. You can't get there. You can't interact with it. But then they say that you can seamlessly fly from space to the city. Can you or can you not? Because to me, it looks like the hub is its own thing. I don't I don't get it. And then they say you can get in these little cars and drive around in the hub, but why would you? Because it's not that big. Why did you why did you spend all this time making this little car that you can drive around in in a hub that isn't big enough to drive around? What the fuck is that game? Why are people paying twenty thousand dollars on ships and and giving away their life savings to, to I think f- a lot of people are in for a very rude awakening when it came It's a dream. It's it's a dream that they want to come true and some people will never wake up from the dream. They will I just, insist that they got everything they hoped for out of yeah. Star Citizen. I don't know. Oh, I think I think that game will come out. It'll roll. It'll come out in a rolling way. It won't come out with a 1.0. It's out. It'll be like early access, early access, early access. Uh, it'll come out and it'll have a bunch of the features that they talk about having, but they'll be haphazardly slammed together in this thing that doesn't actually present itself as a game, and 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 you can just you can just do stuff. That's what it is right now. You can fire up your dogfighting module and you can go dogfighting for no reason with no context. I think that's what the game's going to be. But we'll see. Maybe I'm being too negative. They have a lot of money to do what they're talking about. They have a lot of money. Sure are spending it well, too. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman and and, 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 uh, Mark Mark Hamill. Hamill, ironically, is playing a character named Old Man. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe they have a sense of humor about themselves. I right. doubt it. Thank you for watching, Bush to Shout. Um, next week, you'll see a podcast that is about video games called Push to Shout. Hopefully. Good night. <laughs>